yeah. I love my HBCU. And boy, I love it, love it. I love it, love it. I love my HBCU. And man, I hope my team they won one. I hope my team they won one. Yeah, I hope my team they won one. I hope my team they won one. I tune into the HBCU Sports Lab to see if my team won a loss. If they lost, I'm quiet as a mouth. But if they won, keep tab. Uh, I'ma do the dab, yeah. Dr. Cavill, he know what he be talking about. Mike and Charles, they know what they be talking about. They compress the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they won a loss. And who's the ball? So listen to Professor, yes sir, yes sir. This is Dr. Bill with Inside HBC Sports Lab with Mike Watson and Charles Bishop. As you see, Mike is out on assignment. He might peek in the window as I think he's in the airport. So he might have got an early flight. You know, you want to get home when you can. So he's moving around, getting it done. But (laughs) I want to officially welcome you to episode 257 of Inside HBC Sports Lab radio show and podcast. The show that's covering the sporting HBCU dash for all things HBCU sports. For institutions large and small, from the NAIA to the NCAA, we share insights and information on HBCU sports culture and HBCU athletic facilities to facilitate the story of HBCU athletic programs in the business of HBCU sports. I'm your host, Dr. Kenyatta Kabil, along with my co-host, Mike Washington Charles Bishop. We're filming from our home studios, sending a signal live to our Case Waste 1230 AM studios with the Texas Radio. Hall of Famer, multi-Hall of Famer, Ralph Cooper in the beautiful home of Texas Southern University from Houston, Texas. Good afternoon, Charles. How you doing? Good afternoon, Doc. Doing well. Busy, busy time of the year. We got baseball, or spring football, finals are upon us. It's a busy time. <laughs> yeah, I saw you down there on, on ESPN. You, if you would, in terms of taking a little advantage of Jackson State <laughs> University in Jackson, Mississippi, Sunday spring game. Maybe yeah. a couple people kept their eyes on them. Seems like you had a good time down there, Joe. Yeah, a good time was had by all. You know, they did a really good job with the uh, Fan Fest festivities. They had a nice crowd, really nice crowd in there for the spring game. And then, of course, it was historic for it to be on ESPNU and things of that nature with uh, running commentary by Coach Prime and the pregame show doing – uh, their part with the broadcast as well, doing some things with the fans, so coach could ask some some fan questions from the from the stands and whatnot. So it was really fun. It was really uh, well thought out, well planned. I can't uh, uh, kind of take my hats off to it more, uh, more than enough because it was a tremendous time. Yeah, I've seen you get it done. Uh, my understanding, I was listening and watching and saw Coach Prime make sure that he shouted you out on the sideline. <laughs> must be nice. And they, had, like that. they had too much fun with me, uh, Coach Prime and Neela. I tell you, those two, they're characters now. <laughs> yeah. I also saw your interview with the, the, the freshman early sign. He came in there, showed up and showed out, got the Twitter and social media blaze in so many different ways, in the right way, obviously. Yeah, I mean, um, Travis Hunter, you talk about coming in and making an instant impact. Young man came in and he had a couple of touchdowns in that game. Also had a couple of interceptions. But uh, you know, coach said he's that guy. You know, so it's going to be fun uh, when we get to the fall and things of that nature to watch how all these rosters flesh out and see what uh, see what Jackson State has coming up this upcoming fall. Yeah, you see why he's the number one ranked recruit, five star, <laughs> real quick. I couldn't wait to get to Soldier Beatles late. Oh, yeah, he's going to be a problem. <laughs> I don't know who but he's going to be a problem. Just yeah. Certify that. You'd have been proud. Your boy Deuce went down with me to Prairie View for this spring game on Saturday. We call it a little bit of baseball. You know, he's in baseball right now. He can't get enough of telling you about his baseball. Uh, machine pitch comes in the house, turns on maybe Major League Baseball Network. So he's fully engaged, does his homework. Then he's got to see some Major League Baseball Network. Has me in the backyard tossing the ball. I'm like, look, man, <laughs> he need to go get you one of those automatic tossers and gloves. Batting cage <laughs> or something. Just that. 
Uh-huh. Yes, indeed. You gotta love that. That's that, that's where the bug bites. That's, that sounds like me and my dad at the same age. <laughs> oh yeah, he got the yeah. bug bite. Now he's just talking. He can't tell everybody enough. Look, coach got the victory. He was out there early. He's on the in the stands talking about uh they got two early outs and they got two singles from Pine Bluff in the first inning. After each hit, he comes up to come on guys, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> hey, we're having a business. He got the third out. They say, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. They scored. He's up there leading. Everybody's like, oh, man, this little dude is a gem. Yeah, that's what it's about. They got engaged. Exactly. This is the final part. You really love this part. Comes back. He says, daddy, can I get a ball? Baseball. I said, let's let's go. We'll, we'll see if the coach, I'm sure if you ask, like, he'll give you ball. So Brian White's over there talking to a, a player that comes out, check out the game, and just – talking about the program a little bit. So he waits to pause, and, and then he sees him. So, yeah, hey, little man, and he introduces us. Man, I have a ball. He tells, tells player to go get the ball, and player gives him the ball. So he just, like, cloud nine. He couldn't get enough. Once he out there in the parking lot, as we tailgate, throwing the ball around. So, oh, my goodness, this, this, is, this is madness. But it was good. See, it was good. That's excellent. That's excellent. I, I always joke with uh, Earl Sanders, who's the head baseball coach at Tougaloo, but I was that – 10-year-old, 11-year-old down there mimicking everything he used to do in the bullpen when he played at, at Jackson State. So, you know, the bug bites you early. You know, that baseball, I tell you, that is a game of a lifetime for me. I grew up playing it, so it's, it's great to see Deuce running around uh, with his baseball uniform on. That's good stuff. I remember when you said this, before we get back into it a little bit, I remember you said this that really stuck with me. This is when they were having the discussions on possibly counseling SWAC Chancellor. And you said something that, again, that really stuck with me. You said, you know, there are generations of kids that that's all they have grown up with is the SWAC championship game and the culmination of the season. And this was like 20 years in, two, two decades. So literally was. And that's how I feel with seeing him around everything. He is an HBCU connoisseur, knows the teams, knows the brands, knows the colors, knows the bands, and he – uh, likes everything about it. So whenever I'm talking, I'm going, he wants to go, whether it's Texas Southern McGregor Park, uh, down to the basketball arena, HPE, yeah, Moreland Court. You see him yeah. in there just digging it, sticking it all out, you know, over there, down at Prairie View, Baby Dome with the floor seats, uh, in the suites for the football game. And you yeah. see him. He can go out there, sit in the front, has his space, doesn't bother anybody, doesn't want to be bothered. He'll talk, be polite, but he's like, no, I'm checking. I, I, I got this action out there. I'm watching to see what's going on. Comes in, tells my wife, his mom, hey, AM lost today. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> you know, she's like, what are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Yes, indeed. <laughs> so I see that emerge. about how this is all about HBCUs. This is the family, the business of sport, also in terms of the culture. Shout out to William E. Davis, Jerome G. Sutton, Thomas uh, Maddox is in here. A.D. Drew says he's out in the class tonight. That's right. Kay Johnson, great Tuesday evening. Uh, we have a fascinating show today. We will name the Ben L. Cowboy Senior HBCU Football Award. Big Ben Award will be announced today. We'll give you the finalists, um, and we'll get into it. We'll bring in the grandson of Big Ben to tell you a little bit about the award and why this is important to him. So we'll give you back story about that. A lot of us have watched this, seen us when we were able to do this live and actually do a banquet where we brought the coaches in and named the award winners. You've seen what we've done over the years, but um, we'll do this virtually and name the finalists. So check it out. All the quarterbacks, I will give you this other early part of this, all finalists are quarterbacks this year. Uh, remember, the Big Ben is connected with the player that is from the state of Texas. Uh, either they were born in the state of Texas and played at an HBCU, went to a high school, played football in the state of Texas, went to an HBCU, right? Or they can be from out of the state, but they had to come play in the state of Texas at HBCU. So this is basically an HBCU Texas football award honoring Ben Al Calvary. You've seen him in the background many times of the show. Uh, he is a great uncle of mine. So if my 
way to create the lineage and play homage. He literally played in the SWAC in the first decade the SWAC was founded at Wiley College, you know, two-year All-American. That's the Pittsburgh Courier All-American, uh, three Black College National Champions at Wiley College. Anybody that knows the history of HBCU know how Wiley College dominated the landscape of HBCU football in the state of Texas in the SWAC and with a uh, national championship uh, in 1928 there. So excited about what that all brings. He played in five years. After he left, that's when they came Black College. Man, they could only play four to let you mm. know how uh, big time he was in terms of what he did. Shout out to some of the folks out there. John Richardson again, T. Boo Holly, getting in the class after a great weekend of spring football, no doubt. And I see you with your football helmet collection. I need to get in on it. I need to get me my football helmets for a lot of the SWAC schools, BAC schools, uh, SIAC, CIAA, start my collection. So when we talk about matchups, we can actually put a football helmets uh, during the year. I'm going to see if I can work towards that. Uh, so I need your connection there, G. Boone Holly. Uh, Chad Cooper, Edwin Moore is here. Good evening, Dean and Professor Bishop. Chuck Hunt. Who else we got in here? You know, Chuck Hunt's always going to be in here. Aubrey Parker, Tanya Park, Donald Crawford in the house. I see y'all. Uh, Robert Carter. Shout out a few folks. Michael Real Dog Reed, giving it hard and heavy. TSU, S, uh, what is it? SBB TSU in the house. Lawrence B. White. I see. I started to shout you out, Charles. I know you follow it too a little bit there. Making <laughs> <laughs> sure everything is straight. What's on your mind? What's some of the news that you want to get out there before we move too further? This yeah. one uh, out of one hot a little hard a little bit. Sounded like Jack State got it done again. Yeah, uh, they got some uh, nice uh, uh, recruiting guys uh, who came in this past weekend. But I'm gonna start off with SWAC Baseball Weekly honors for this week. The SWAC has tagged Grambling State Shamar Page and John Garcia for SWAC Baseball Weekly Honors for their outstanding performances this past week. Let's take a look at the hitter of the week. Garcia had a huge week for the Grambling State Tigers, going 10 of 14 at the plate, batting 7 14 in games against Stephen F. Austin and Alcorn State. Exceptional. With 10 hits, five extra base hits, two home runs, two doubles, and a triple. Also drove in a team high, 14 ribs this weekend. 14 RBIs with nine of those coming in with two outs. In addition, he had a 1.429 slugging percentage and 0.72 on base percentage. Pitcher of the week, of course, Shamar Page became just the 34th NCAA Division I pitcher in history to toss a perfect game in Grandma State's 16-0, 7 inning victory over Alcorn on Friday. He currently leads the swag in strikeouts. He threw just 84 pitches and struck out a season and career-high 13 batters during that historic performance on the mound. Of course, that made all the buzz this past Friday. Uh, Shamar Page threw a perfect game against Alcorn. So kudos to those two players for SWAC Baseball Weekly Honors. Man, big time, big time. Prairie got out the brooms as well uh, against Pine Bluff uh, as they continue to send, playing some really good baseball. Texas Southern had a walk-off win, taking two out of three. We'll get a little deeper into that second half of the show, but um, I got to see some of those matchups, so they stuck with me just in terms of what's going on out there. Want to give uh, some kudos. Tennis championships were announced. Yes, on the women's side, Jackson State got it done, defeating Prairie View. Prairie View made it to the finals, but could not get it done as they fall 4-0, to 4-0, uh, as Jackson State defeats Prairie View to win that 2022 Southwestern Athletic Conference. That Cup, that all sports swag cup is getting interesting. Backing mm. it up. Mm. Don't go down to the wire. Be interesting to see what happens in the outdoor championship. Will that make a difference? On the other side, on the men's side, Alabama State. Guess who was in the final with them, though? Jackson State. They couldn't do the double double, but they were right yeah. there. They get knocked out 4 0 for the victory as Alabama State gets it done over Jackson State. Uh, in terms of those matchups, fascinating so in different ways. Another honor was out there. I won't spoil this. I'll let this come back to you. This was big for me. A lot of victories, a lot of victories um, in terms of the announcement. 
You got another one you want to share out there with Jackson State? Oh, well, oh, definitely. I uh, definitely want to send a shout out to Coach Omar Johnson, uh, who recorded his 500th uh, career uh, win uh, this past weekend against Alabama State. So a uh, shout out definitely Coach Omar Johnson, Jack State baseball team. He's had a tremendous, tremendous career uh, at Jack State. Got an opportunity to talk to him and congratulate him Saturday night. Very appreciative of it. Uh, but, you know, he, he, again, no uh, kudos for himself. He said it's all about the guys who come through and play for me. But uh, definitely shout out to Coach Omar Johnson on picking up his 500th victory this weekend. Oh, big time, big time. They beat Alabama State in that second match up 5-0 to zero, uh, with 500. That just seems so acapulco in a lot of ways of, of that getting done. They lost the first game, and they lost the series two out of three. That first one was interesting, 2-2 two, two, uh, yeah. pitching match. And they had the counseling to come back on Saturday morning and finish it out. Um, and they let some runs get across as they lose that one, 6-2. Uh, but then also losing the third matchup. So fascinating. Squeezed in between that. He gets the 500 wins and victories. Shout out to Omar Johnson. That's not something that just comes easily. That's a lot of work over the years to get it done in so many different ways. Yeah, I mean, I, I, a lot of work uh, uh, to – and I think the most impressive thing about it is uh, facilities. Still doesn't have uh, the facilities uh, that I'm sure that he would like in terms of baseball team having their own uh, dressing room and things of that nature. But uh, I tell you what, he's turned out a quality product year in, year out. Uh, he does have a swag championship on his resume. Uh, but, you know, Jackson State baseball is perennially in the mix in terms of, of being right there in the mix of things, talking about the Swag Baseball Tournament. Uh, and he's had some really good players come through. Uh, talk to him, Like I said, I talked to him a little bit this past uh, weekend, and uh, this is the first year that he's had a rash of injuries the way he's had it. Uh, he's, he's lost uh, some pitchers along the way uh, in terms of some elbow injuries, he, some of his bigger bats. Uh, not only was lost to attrition, but lost to injury as well. So uh, to still kind of have them uh, treading water, it speaks to his coaching acumen and whatnot. And they're going to be gritty all the way to the end, see if they can get to the swag baseball tournament. No doubt about it. As we get into this break, shout out to Lawrence. He wanted to make sure I talked about the outdoor track and field championship may go a long way. Uh, don't forget the swag outdoor track and field championship first weekend in May on the campus of Prairie View and University. Beautiful campuses, he wants to say. Go Prairie a &M University Panthers. Let's get into our first break. We'll be right back with our guest as we get into the Big L Cowboys Senior HBCU Big Band Football Award. Let's take it into the break. We'll be right back after this quick break. The top HBCU programs in the nation come to Montgomery, Alabama's Riverwalk Stadium this May 11th through 14th for the Black College World Series. The best Black College baseball teams in the NCAA Division II and the NAIA will battle for Black Baseball's ultimate pride. Games will be streamed live at www.mybcsn.net. Tickets are available now online at www.blackcollegechampionships.com. Nope. Nope. Come on, him. Ooh, I like him. Quick, the quicker picker-upper. Bounty picks up messes quicker, and each sheet is two times more absorbent, so you can use less. He's an eight. He's a nine. Bounty, the quicker picker-upper. Since 2002, Empowerment Resources, Inc., a nonprofit organization, has empowered more than 1,500 youth and adults in Duval and surrounding counties. Through its programs, Journey into Womanhood, Girls Mentoring, Life Skills for Teens, and Parenting Education Coaching. To get involved with programs, volunteer, or donate, visit www.empowermentresourcesinc.org. Follow us on social media, facebook.com forward slash empowerment.resources and instagram.com forward slash empowermentjax. Are you ready? It's time. The inaugural Urban NerdCon is coming to Montgomery, Alabama, July 29th to the 31st. Blurds, nerds, and geeks from across the universe will converge on the capital city to see celebrity guests such as The Last Dragon, Tybok, Megan Tandy, and voice actor Dave Fenoy. Hey, how you doing? I'm voice actor Dave Fenoy with a shout out to all my geeks, freaks, and urban nerds. 
Just want to let you know, I'm going to be there and I want to meet you at the Urban NerdCon Gaming and Cosplay event. It's happening July 29th through the 31st in Montgomery, Alabama. Hope you want to meet me as much as I want to meet you. So join us by visiting TheUrbanNerdCon.net for ticket and vendor information. This will be the premier blurred event in the universe. TheUrbanNerdCon.net. Our heroes, our villains, our stories, everyone's con. See you there. From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High quality cigars plus personal customer service. Slowburn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge, featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. Visit our website www.slowburnwaco.com That's www.slowburnwaco.com Press the analytic data with your hip-hop If you know them like I know them They gon' tell you if your team If they want a lot loud And who's about, about So listen to Professor Yes sir And pay attention This is Dr. Will Inside HBC Sports Lab with Mike Washington, Charles Bishop. Mike Washington's out on the assignment, Ben. You know, he did that on purpose, so you need to get on it. This is my guest, Ben A. Cavill. This is my cousin. Notice he says a little different. That's Cavill. I'm Cavill. For those that don't know the running joke, that is the Sadiddy side of the family. Just want you to know. <laughs> he is the grandson of Ben L. Cavill Sr. Big Ben, as they used to call him back in the day, who is the name that we put on the HBCU football award for the right. best player in the state of Texas every year that is connected with the state of Texas that plays at the HBCU. Again, that means they either had to be born in the state of Texas, play at the HBCU, went to high school, play football, went to a HBCU. They can right. be from outside of the state of Texas, but that means they had to play at an HBCU in the state of Texas. So, You'll right. see from the finalists what that means. But before we get in there, let me give Ben Cavill a chance to give us an update and words of wisdom and why this is important to him and any other thing he wants to share with us before we get into the three finalists. All right. Well, hey, I want to thank y'all for inviting me in today. Um, this award means a lot to myself, my family, especially my father. Um, you know, this is an award about uh, the first Big Ben. As we say, as the little running joke also in the family, I'm the third Big Ben, but this is for the first Big Ben. And, uh, you know, I didn't get to see my grandfather as a young child, but I heard all the stories back in Conroe where he was assist, where he was a principal at the uh, Black High School and where my father attended and also my mother. But uh, to hear the stories about him back in the day in college when he played football, and also in high school when he played football, it was just it's just amazing just to hear those stories. And when people see me in the town, they always come up to me and say, we already know who you are. He said, we can see the features of your grandfather. <laughs> and um, so it, it's just, it's, and it was, and when uh, Kenyatta approached me about this, you know, I went to my father and he approached my father and I, and we jumped at it. And we think this is something great. I love to see the kids, you know, me playing football myself, University of Oklahoma, and then going on into the NFL. You know, this is a blessing to see, you know, it's about history. And everybody, you know, a lot of people don't talk about their history. And it's good that we're showing some history here because Big Ben played at Wiley College. And uh, when they was in the swag, am I right, Yada? That's it. That's it. 1920, yeah. 1925, right. 1929. That's like right. Like I said earlier, All-American. Multi-year yeah. All-American, first team. That's right. Second team, national black college champion. That's several right. SWAC championships during his tenure, all in one year. He mm -hmm. ran it down. And this is a football family because I get yes. talked out because I was in the band. But my brothers also played football. Uh, real connected. I'm the only one who was like, man, no, nah, y'all good. It's okay. It's something too hard and heavy. I didn't want none of that. <laughs> but his dad played at Prairie View when they won their That's last right. Uh, national black national college champions. championships, mm -hmm. right? Sixties, uh, mm -hmm. real talented there. So you've seen it for multi generations. 
Right. Um, they we allowed two of them to sneak off. Ben went to Oklahoma. Kwame went to Texas. Some of those backdoor rivalries, as you talk about off the mic, that's hilarious. Yes. But yes. you say all this in serious. They are big supporters of HBCUs, and while yes, we are. they decided to take their chances at other universities, uh, in terms of that, they always pay homage. Send uh, kids, his brother Ben, give him a shout out. Went to Prairie View, so yeah, Brian. Yeah, <laughs> Brian, shout out to Brian. Make sure we give yeah. him some love as he's always supporting that, teasing it with all that. But uh, did want to do that. But let's get to it and then we'll get okay. your thoughts on some of this. And then we'll let Charles jump in here. But before I get the three finals, you know, we got to tease this out a little bit. Brian, I mean, Charles, did you want to say anything to Ben? Well, yeah, I did want to ask in terms of just the, the history uh, uh, of your grandfather. Uh, who would you compare him as a running back to? In, in modern day. Modern day. That's ooh, a good one. You know, because Ben was a big boy. Yeah, yeah. You know, back then, yeah, he was a big boy. So, um, ooh, who you say? Because a lot of running backs ain't as big as him now. But, he, you know. Hey, you know who you know I was who thinking, he might think about? Go who? back to Oklahoma. Which one? That played in Minnesota. Uh, Adrian Peterson? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Run hard. He was that size, that big for that time, run over folk, dominating. That's who reminds me of when you think about it. I also Uh, thought of Derrick Henry because the stories I've heard, they said Big Ben would drag him down the field. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm glad we have uh, an award like this, especially that can pay homage to the history. Uh, of, of HBCU football, but uh, mm-hmm. uh, an era that a lot, a lot of people pay attention to, uh, but it's important to reach back and bring that era into the modern day now. So I really appreciate uh, yes. Dr. Cavill and everything that you're doing with this award. Yes, we do. Well, as we get to it, three finalists, we teased it out a little bit. From Texas Southern University, you have Andrew Body played 10 games as a true freshman. Mm. Completed 139 passes on 237 attempts, just four interceptions, uh, 58.6% passing yards, was 2017, had 11 touchdowns, a long of 68, averaged 201.7 yards, added some rushing yards in there, 642, mm. five touchdowns. So total offense was accumulated of 2,659 yards. When you look at it, mm. as a freshman, another finalist was Jawan Pass from Prairie A&M University. Played in twelve games, two hundred four completions, attempts three hundred thirty four, interceptions was twelve, percentage was sixty one point one, two thousand six hundred and thirty five passing yards, a long of 72 with 16 touchdowns, averaged 219.6 yards. Rushing yards, he put in 254 with four touchdowns, 2,899 total yards. Total mm. touchdowns would be 20. Total touchdowns for Andrew Body to make sure I put that in was 16. Then the third finalist is Shador Sanders. 13 games as a true freshman, Jawan Pass freshman. was a graduate, senior transfer, 272 yards. So we have two freshmen, so these folks might be battling out for years to come. Yes. Uh, 272 completions, 413 attempts, just eight interceptions in those 13 games. Percentage was 65.9. That's the highest percentage there. Passing yards was 3,231. Touchdowns 30 at a long of 74, 248.5 average per game, which was the highest average among these three. Rushing yards was just a minus 17. Didn't put it up and down a lot. But he did find a way to get three rushing touchdowns. A couple mm. of sacks in college, remember, goes against your rushing yards. Correct. Total offense was 3,214. First of the three that Clips over 3,000 total yards. Mm. And total touchdowns would be 33 in terms of 
that. So just wanted to give that information. Drum roll, drum roll. Let's take a quick break, tease us out a little bit. We'll be right back after this break, and we will make that announcement. This is Dr. Neal inside HBC Sports Lab with Mike Washington, Charles Bishop. Mike is out on assignment, but we have none other than Ben A. Cavill. I won't tell everybody your middle name. I'll, I'll let you hold that. It is this is worldwide, so I won't do you like that. I hold that. Steve, we'll be right back after this break, and we will give you the final winner of the Big Ben Award. 200 years, Montgomery, Alabama has been making history by people who had the courage to stand up for change. Today, this riverfront city has been reborn, embracing the past and looking forward to the future. From the National Memorial for Peace and Justice to the stage of the Alabama Shakespeare Festival, this is where history was and is made. We are proud to call Montgomery home, and together, we can be the change. One bite of 100% Angus Beef Ballpark Frank, and you'll say... Hello, summer. Oh, yeah, it's ballpark season. From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High-quality cigars, plus personal customer service with Slowburn. Visit our website, www.slowburnwaco.com. Slowburn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. It's more than a mobile lounge. It's an environment and an experience rich in history, luxury, and personality. An elegant extension of any celebration occasion. It's the perfect escape and meeting place. A space where you can relax or enjoy a shared passion. Have Slowburn plan your next big event or before you are planning to celebrate your win over your athletic rival, you can shop our collections at www.slowburnwaco.com. But if they want to tap, uh, I'm going to do the dab, yeah. Q-Time is a classic Atlanta. Compress the analytic data with your hip-hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they want a lot of and who the ball. So listen to Professor Yes, sir. And pay attention, because he gon' teach a lesson. This is Dr. Will inside HBC Sports Lab with Mike Washington, Charles Bishop. Mike is out on assignment. We have none other than Ben A. Cavill, grandson of Ben L. Cavill Sr., Named after our Big Ben HBCU Football Award winner. Tease it out just a little bit more. We have some shout outs, folks on there. Chuck Hunt says Earl Campbell, maybe. Edwin says pass. What were you going to say? Earl Campbell, too. Nice, nice. Good job, Chuck. Heard that breaking news on the Sports Talk show. Holla, uh, let's say. Lawrence went back to Prairie View and picked out Clem Daniel as an example of a big running back. Mm. <laughs> he be running back from Oakland Raiders. I like that, Lawrence. Good comparison. Good one. I like it. And when Dwight Moore says, I want body, but we all know better. We got Dr. Holmes in here checking us out. So good stuff. Good stuff. Good comments. A lot of folks seeing what they thought. Somebody even threw in Eddie George, coach of Tennessee State right now. Without further ado, the winner is none other than a freshman quarterback from Jackson State University, Shador Sanders, wins the 2021 HBCU Football Award, Big Ben. Ben Cavill, any words that you want to say to congratulate? Uh, Just tell that young man congratulations on a good season. I know it's only sky's the limit. I know Coach Sanders is out there going to make sure they uh, keep improving. Mm. No doubt, no doubt. Shador Sanders could not be here. But we did get an interview and catch him. Okay. Doing some homework, as as they say. We don't want to take away from class, things like that. But let's play the video from Shador Sanders. Shador, congratulations on winning the Big Ben Award. Uh, tell me what it means to be the top uh, player from college player from Texas to win this award. Yeah, no, it's real exciting. I couldn't do this without my team, my line, my receivers, the OC, 
and just like it's a collective thing. So it just shows the offense. It worked last year, but this year we focus on better things. Congratulations once again on winning the Big Ben 2021 award. Thank you. Number respect. You heard that he said his lineman. <laughs> <laughs> You said it's lineman. <laughs> well, you y'all don't know Ben, ben Cowell uh, played offensive line with the Ravens, for all you Raven fans out there, along with Philadelphia Eagles, San Diego Chargers, if I'm not right. correct, if I'm not mistaken, just mm-hmm. to name those, played in, uh, what, the European League as well as? Yeah, over there, played over there in uh, NFL Europe when it was open. And then you played, played in Scotland. XFL as well? Yep, played in XFL. The first <laughs> some of these XFL. you forget, huh? I'm bringing some stuff back. <laughs> well, I yes. want to thank you. Uh, any last words you want to say? I appreciate you coming in and spending your busy time and make sure that we acknowledge this award correctly and educating those out there that may not be aware yeah. of it. Um, again, appreciate you partnering with me to make sure that we have this connection with HBCU football. You know me. It's extremely important to myself. Uh, Charles has come on board with Mike to make sure that we've done this right over the years. So hopefully you are proud of the way that we continue to let this shine in the purposeful way. So thanks for everything. Oh yeah, no, no, no. Y'all got our full support, uh, especially mine, but I just wanted to say and put this plug out there. Hey, we got to get Big Ben in the the Swag Hall of Fame. Yeah, we got to get in the Swag Hall of Fame. We're working on yeah. it. We're working on yeah, it. We, we need get to reach out to uh, Wiley College. I've done some of the background. I put mm-hmm. the stuff together. We need the nomination to come from Wiley College. Wiley College. They yeah. have made the old um, timers uh, swag, which was recently done. They just started the first one last year. So now yeah. it's wide open, and they've done it for uh, schools that are no longer members of the swag. So this is yeah. a perfect time. So I'm glad you brought that up. We yep. do have a channel and we're able to do it. And I actually sit on the committee, so I have a chance to make sure that that was open up, the door was open up, at least give them the opportunity to be able. So okay. let's stay on Boom. that. I agree with yeah, you. Yeah, I'm with and you. Cabo, I will help you in any way to make that work. All right, then. Well, hey, I thank you all very much. No doubt. We'll be right, back after, the, we'll be right back after this break. Not the commercial. <laughs> Q-Time is a classic Atlanta soul food restaurant located in the historic West End. Q-Time Soul Food is a family business started by Fred and Christine Crenshaw. Come on in, relax, and sink your chops into our tantalizing, mouth-watering, distinctive soul food with a twist, the Q-Time way. 1120 Ralph David Abernathy Boulevard, or call your order in at 404-758-2881. Do you miss your mama's cooking? Then come on down to Q-Time, an Urban Passport member. It's never too early to plant the seed, to share the tradition, and instill a sense of pride in your HBCU with your little ones. HBCU Pride and Joy Children's Boutique helps you share your school spirit with a wide selection of adorable kids' apparel and accessories officially licensed from your favorite HBCU. Visit HBCUPrideJoy.com and follow us on all social media at HBCUPrideJoy on Facebook and Twitter. Press the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they're going to tell you if your team, if they want to love yeah, and root about, root about. So listen to Professor Yes Sir and pay attention because he's going to teach us. This is Dr. Bill with Inside HBC Sports Lab with Mike Washington, Charles Bishop. Charles, what you laughing at there, man? What's on your mind? Hey, you know, sometimes I think, you know, the, the banter that goes back and forth uh, with our fan base uh, in regards to their pride for their school sometimes is, is humorous. It's, it's, it's good sometimes. But every now and then you come across one or two comments that just make you chuckle. So. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. Well, let's get in here and talk a little bit of baseball. In terms of what's going on here, uh, big series this past weekend. We touched on it a little bit. Uh, Alabama State is at the top of the baseball standings in the East Division. They took two out of three from Jackson State uh, and hold a two-game lead, which was necessary because FAMU swept uh, as they got it done. Alabama State is sitting at 13-3. and three. Fam, you at 13 and five, but Thune Cookman is 12 and six. Jackson State is sitting in that 
fourth spot to make sure they're able to get in the tournament at this time. 7-11, and while they're only one game back in the loss column, uh, Mississippi Valley and Alabama A&M only have four of the victories, so a lot of room in terms of the winning percentage there. Uh, Alabama State comes in. Uh, as they said, they won their last game. Fam, you swept, so they have three-game winning streak, but through Cookman winning the last two of their two out of three series. Get your thoughts on the East Division. Uh, I'll tell you what, we just get to the second part of the second half, if you would, of the season. Sorry about jumping in there. I did mm-hmm. want to explain that to everybody. Uh, first half is down, so now you get the second part of folks are traveling back where the opposite of where they traveled in the first part of the season. As mm-hmm. we jump off the second half, as we prepare for the tournament, again, what are your thoughts on the East? Uh, i tell you what, Alabama State is a strong, strong team. Uh, I had an opportunity to watch them this past weekend against uh, Jackson State. And uh, you you know traditionally Alabama State uh, carries arms. Uh, and they have the bats this year. Uh, they exploded Sunday, uh, 21 runs uh, for the Alabama State Hornets. And so they kind of, uh, I guess, put a, a, a lock hold on that, that, that first place over there in the SWAC East where you have FAMU, Bethune, Cookman, and Jackson State. But uh, they've had a tremendous season. They are really uh, getting it done both offensively and defensively. Uh, but to go into Jackson State, take two or three this weekend, uh, crucial weekend series for Jackson State, Alabama State, uh, was able to just reassert who they are. Uh, Bethune, Cookman, and FAMU, they're fighting it out right there, uh, both two and three there in the SWAC East. Uh, when we get around to this SWAC tournament, uh, and I, I text you about this on Saturday, that the ability to play some defense and get those routine outs is going to be crucial. I think that was something that uh, Snake Bit Jackson said this past Saturday. I think uh, four errors all total in that game, but routine plays, if they had made those plays, they could have gotten out of the inning and it might have tra- turned the trajectory of those games. But we see that week in, week out, uh, where those innings are going to get extended. Uh, by those errors on those routine plays, and it opens up the floodgates. So I saw that happen a couple times this past week. Good point, good point. Let's go down to the West. Prairie View A&M said it's 14-4. and four. Told you they swept their opponent, and it looks like it's stacking up to a matchup against Gramlin. It's 13-5. That's one game back. They swept Alcorn. Um, really did it to them. But the big announcement of this weekend, in a lot of ways, was Shamar Page that throws a perfect game. Seven innings, but he gets it done. Ten run closes it down. But I don't care how many innings it is. You throw a perfect game over five innings or so. Uh, it's solid in terms of you going deep in the game. The fact that he got it done, big time, big time shout out to Samar Page. Southern 10 and 8. They lost two out of three the last two games after taking the first one on Friday. Southern bounces, Texas Southern bounces back. Uh, wins convincingly on Saturday, but then it goes down to a walk-off on Sunday where they score two in the bottom of the ninth to get the victory over Southern and to take two out of three, which puts them just a game back of Southern sitting at nine and nine. Pretty much separated uh, from Arkansas Pine Bluff at five and 12 and Auckland State at two and 15 on the season. Texas Southern meaning they've won two straight Gremlin. Again, Prairie View swept, so they've won three straight. What are your thoughts on the West Division of what's going on down there? You know, Prairie View has separated themselves, uh, I think, a little bit uh, uh, from uh, Southern and Texas Southern. 14-4 record in conference play. Huge weekend. They sweep again. Uh, But I tell you what, these top four teams in the West, they are separated by a razor-thin margin. And again, uh, I – come back and talk about defense going into this sweat tournament is going to be crucial getting those easy outs to get you out of innings because I, I think one of the things that you take a look at with the sweat is everybody has bats. Uh, it's the, the question is, do, do you get enough pitching uh, going forward, especially in this double elimination format? So, uh, you know, this is huge. Gramlin, uh, who wants to see Shamar Page uh, if you're trying to stay around for an extra day uh, in the tournament. I mean, he brings it. I mean, he's one of the top pitchers uh, in the SWAC this year. I think he's uh, going to be SWAC pitcher of the year. Uh, you also have Breon Poole there at Alabama State, who's been tremendous this past season. But uh, I'll tell you what, Grambling Southern, Texas Southern, and Prairie View fighting it out in the SWAC tournament, that's going to be fun stuff. Oh, yeah, it's interesting when you talk about some of his leaders. Uh, Jeremy Gaines batting 423 batting average at Texas Southern. John Garcia, 397. 
Julian Murphy, Grambling at 381. Ty Hill, Jackson State, is in there at 375. And the top five, to finish out the top five, is Zachary Trevino at 362. So you got some hitters that are batting um, significant. But when you get into it, a lot of folks want to know. Um, some of those players are getting done in terms of uh, strikeouts. You have some R. Page that you're just talking about with 98. Uh, Roberto Maldonado, 72 at Prairie View. Nolan Santos with 71 at Bethune-Cookman. Juan Marilanda at Jackson State at 65. And Eric Gonzalez at Jackson State at 65 as well. Tied there. Just giving you stolen bases. You know, I love this type of game. That's Texas Southern. They can get it done on the base pass. Struggle a little bit on the pitching side. But uh, leading uh, the country in a lot of ways in these areas. Jonathan Thomas with 40 stolen bases. Yeah, that's 40 stolen bases. Behind him is Justin Cooper. At 28, Malik Stevens at Bethune-Cookman with 24. Jeremy Gaines, also of Texas Southern, with 20. Christopher Patterson at Bethune-Cookman is 20. You put Texas Southern on the base pass, they're going to try to move it around uh, on you in terms of what goes on there. Wins, when you get back to the pitching side, you got Breon Fula at Alabama State with seven. Roberto Maldonado, you saw what he does with strikeouts, but he has six wins. Hunter Bites at FAMU with six. Corey Rodro at uh, Grambling, who draw, I should say, with six. Austin King at Alabama State with five. So just loving it. Home runs. You know, that's the chicks dig the long ball, as they say. Cameron Buford with 10. Corey King of Alabama State at nine. And then Buford is Grambling. Draylon, home, Mississippi Valley State. Getting mm. it done at the back with nine. Jonathan Thomas of Texas Southern with eight. And John Garcia, also of Grambling, is seven. So you see some players really getting it done in a lot of ways. Let's get into this last break in the seventh inning. We'll tip it, come back, and talk a little bit more about MEAC baseball. We'll get into some softball uh, and tell you there's a team that has already clinched the division. Yes, yeah, early, but they got it done. We'll talk a little bit about that before we close out the show. This is Dr. Bill inside the HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington, Charles Bishop. Stick with us. We'll be back after our last break as we get into that seventh inning stretch. Now you can live in Texas and not have a good red meat blend. Texas Cowboy Dust is designed for steak and other red meats. It's out to be my most popular spice blend, made with onions, peppers, ground mushrooms, pink salt, and other spices. Texas Cowboy Dust also goes great with chicken, pork, vegetables, and has a restaurant-quality sheen to gravies and sauces. <laughs> It's like a loot machine. Going around town, trying to get down. Vanilla smoked sea salt seasoning is for seafood. The tarragon and fennel bring out the natural sweetness in seafood. I also use it in rice dishes, on yams, asparagus, blueberry pancakes, and believe it or not, chocolate chip cookies. Vanilla smoked sea salt adds a salty and savory component to sweet dishes that create a symphony for the time. Are you ready? It's time. The inaugural Urban NerdCon is coming to Montgomery, Alabama, July 29th through the 31st. Blurds, nerds, and geeks from across the universe will converge on the capital city to see celebrity guests such as The Last Dragon, Tybok, Megan Tandy, and voice actor Dave Fanoy. Hey, how you doing? I'm voice actor Dave Fanoy with a shout out to all my geeks, freaks, and urban nerds. Just want to let you know I'm going to be there and I want to meet you at the Urban NerdCon Gaming and Cosplay event. It's happening July 29th through the 31st in Montgomery, Alabama. Hope you want to meet me as much as I want to meet you. So join us by visiting TheUrbanNerdCon.net for ticket and vendor information. This will be the premier blurred event in the universe. TheUrbanNerdCon.net Our heroes, our villains, our stories, everyone's con. See you there. From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High quality cigars plus personal customer service. Slowburn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. Visit our website, www.slowburnwaco.com. That's www.slowburnwaco.com. 
Press the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they want a lot of and who the ball, So listen to Professor Yesa and pay attention because he gon' teach a lesson. This is Dr. Leo with Charles Bishop. Let's get into it. We're going to skip into some softball, then we'll come back to some baseball. The MEAC talking about softball, teased it out a little bit. Yes, Texas Southern in the West Division at 18-3 have clinched the Western Division. They've done it really early. They've won seven straight. Behind them is the rival Prairie View at 13-8 and um, and Alcorn at 9-9 and Grambling at 8-10, who've won four straight. Prairie won two straight. Uh, but congratulations, Texas Southern University, for clinching the regular season Western Division Championship. Let's look at the East. Bethune-Cookman uh, at 14-7, and seven, right behind them. In Jackson State in the loss column at 11-8. and eight, FAMU at 11-10. and 10. Now, Alabama State is tied with Mississippi Valley, both at 9-11. and 11. Uh, To give you some framework on the East Division, you talk about baseball in the West being tight. That's what's happening in softball in the East. It's tightened up, and we I just told you what's going on in the West. It's no contest at this point. Literally, they locked it up. What are your thoughts a little bit about the softball? Who is going to come out of that East? Uh, who is going to come out of that East? Uh, I really uh, like Bethune Cookman. They've had a strong season, 20 and 24 thus far in the season, 14 and 7 in conference play. Uh, they're playing tremendous baseball. Uh, Jackson State could be a sleeper. Uh, sitting over there in, in the East. Well, we've seen them get some uh, scratch out some important wins. They're 12 and 9 thus far in the conference, uh, 21 and 22 overall in the season. That softball program has really turned things around for them to be right up toward the, uh, the close of the uh, SWAC softball stand. It speaks to a lot about Kevin Montgomery's program at Jackson State. And then, you know, they just play good, great softball over there in Florida. You got Florida AM sitting right there uh, under Jackson State, 11 10 in conference play. So uh, they can fight it out uh, right there to the very end. But uh, the main thing, the bus just keeps rolling along for Texas Southern softball. Another banner season, 18-3 in conference play. Uh, and you're talking about a team that's won seven in a row. Talk about getting hot at the right time of the year. Trade points. Uh, Texas Southern, 12 wins straight. They are getting it done, and they just continue to do what they do, change coaches over the last couple of years. Still getting it done. Prairie's a little young, but they're at least uh, pushing them some. But. Texas Southern is just ready to see if they can get it done in the tournament. So that'll be fascinating to watch. Let's jump over to the MEAC softball. We talk about Texas Southern locking it down, uh, winning seven straight. Well, you have a 11 game winner over there in the MEAC with Morgan State at 15 and three. The problem is they have Norfolk State on the heels, literally with them also at 15 and three, who've won three straight. Uh, behind that, Sitting in the third slot there is 13 and 5. Howard uh, really doing well in terms of that. They did lose their last conference game, but they're still solidly there. Right behind them is Maryland Eastern Shores, who had dropped several games in a row, but they finally picked one up and they sit at 12 and 6 as they're a couple of games back of Morgan State and Norfolk State uh, in terms of what that looks like, three to be exact, um, with that. Any thoughts in terms of the MEAC? You can see a clear delineation with the top four teams and the rest of the four teams in the MEAC in softball. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head. You, you see where the demarcation line is. But uh, kudos to Morgan State uh, fighting it out there uh, with uh, uh, Coppin there with 15 and three records. Yeah, it looked like it'll go down to the wire on that one. We'll see in terms of the matchup and see what that looks like as they continue to play out the season there. In terms of independence, we'll stay in the softball first, tie in the independent of the baseball before we get into MEAC. Independent softball, Big South, uh, you have Hampton and North Carolina A&T sitting at 8-10 and 10 of the 10 teams in the Big South. Tough year. Hampton did get a couple of wins over the uh, last couple of weeks, so they improved to 7-14 and 14 in conference play, 19-30 overall, winning their last game. It's much like North Carolina A&T has won a game, but they sit at just 3-15, and 15, uh, 13-27 and 27 overall, bringing us to the OVC, Tennessee State, much like North Carolina A&T, is not having a lot of luck on the diamond. Uh, 10 of 10 teams in the OVC sitting in that 10th spot. They're 3-17, and 3-6 overall um, with seven straight losses. So they got to find a way to get a win 
on the diamond. Won't belabor the point. Let's get into the baseball in terms of North Carolina A&T. Big South struggling, similar to the softball on the independent teams, both Hampton, North Carolina, and Tennessee State. They sit in the 11th spot in terms of A&T, just 1-14, 12-26, played much better at home, but they struggled a little bit of late. They lost seven straight, so I'm not sure what's going on there. Any thoughts in terms of uh, the independent programs, whether it's softball or baseball, Charles? It's been a struggle for A&T over there in the Big South. Uh, uh, they were one of the bellwether programs over the MEAC, but uh, that, that success hadn't quite carried over over there in the Big South. MEAC baseball, as we start to close it out before we get your final thoughts on this. MEAC baseball, getting a little bit of separation from the top to the bottom. Remember, they were all bunched up, but still tough uh, weekend to weekend at the top. You have Coppin State sitting at 14 and 10, 18 and 23. Won two straight games. Maryland Eastern Shore sits at 13-11, so just a game back. As they won their last game, Delaware State a couple of games back at 12-12. and uh, They did lose two straight, which was tough on them, moving them out of that uh, second spot over the last week. And then Norfolk State kind of bottomed out. Remember, Norfolk State won it all last year. Those players have left, so they hadn't quite been able to get in that rhythm, sit at 9-15, losing their last game. What are your thoughts in terms of MEAC baseball as you start to see maybe a little separation or maybe not? Well, Copper State seemingly is separating themselves out just a little bit here on top of Maryland Eastern Shore. 14 to 10 in conference play, but you start looking at the statistics. Uh, one of the top hitting teams in the MEAC, one of the top pitching teams in the MEAC, uh, and, and they're getting done fielding percentage as well. So it looks like Copper State has kind of separated themselves just slightly over Maryland Eastern Shore. Yep. That'll do it for us, but before we do that, I'm excited about Thursday because you got the Black College Nines, top 10, small division, and large division comes out uh, tomorrow. So we'll be able to give you that information on Thursday to tell you our thoughts. We're both, both voters in the polls, so I might even stick out and ask Charles, where did he vote to see if he uh, agrees with the polling? I want to ask him now, where is he in Prairie But I won't do that to him. I want to make sure <laughs> folks <laughs> get in there. Hey, they playing some great ball. I got them up there. I wouldn't be surprised. Now, I know you're a big baseball fan. People may not realize that because all the stuff you do in terms of covering football, um, and that's just the obvious type of fanatic things that we see and just the depth of knowledge. And obviously you showed out during the basketball season uh, with the Jackson State women finding a way to do it. But people may not realize there's a there's – a, a, a spot for you in terms of baseball. That's one of those secret sauces and why in a lot of ways swag baseball is so important, not just to us, but in the swag in general. Um, you see the HBCs seeing there. I do want to give a shout out to Savannah State and Albany State. They played for the championship essentially for the SIC. Savannah State had swept the previous weekend against Edward Waters that is moving into the Division Two. Uh, SIAC was still uh, seated as a transition from NAIA, but this weekend was where it really came down in terms of who was going to essentially win the regular season, and guess who got it done? Savannah State takes two out of three from Albany State, uh, which was huge in terms of what down there, and so I enjoyed that close game on Friday, and then they had the doubleheader where Albany State was able to get one of them, but Savannah State basically had locked it up, taking the first two. Big news there in terms of what that looks like. Make sure you get ready to follow us as BCSN will be streaming uh, the Black College World Series in terms of the matchup there. So excited about that going on in a couple of weeks in terms of the title sponsor. So real happy with that news going on there. With that being said, I am Dr. Gaville with Inside the HBC Sports Lab. Thank you for listening to Inside the HBC Sports Lab. Make sure you share our podcast with your friends and colleagues. I am Dr. Kenyatta Cavill, the Dean of HBC Sports, coming from inside the lab in the College of HBC Sports with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. Again, we want to thank you for listening, Dr. Cavill's Inside the HBC Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop every Tuesday and Thursday right here at 6 o'clock Central Standard Time. We look forward to next week and Thursday before we get into it for the latest news in the lab. Follow me, Dr. Nyadakaville, on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. 
inside the HBC Sports Lab one on Facebook uh, and YouTube. Dream big, continue to move forward. We will talk with you soon. Charles? Of course. Or? Lecture. Dismissed.